Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. I'm Hayden, your American friend with a passion for British Royal history. If you enjoy discussing royal media, in addition to current events and history within the British Royal family, then you have found your home. Hi, hello, and welcome. Please take a moment to hit that subscribe button and bell icon down below so you can stay up to date on all things happening here on the channel. Before we get into today's main podcast topic, I do want to spend a few minutes discussing the article that came out on Monday of this week. Monday this week, Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, did a huge interview with The Cut magazine out of New York. In this article, she discusses motherhood, Lilibet and Archie, life with Harry out in Montecito, finding their home, current projects, what how she feels now, and... Again, we also repeat a similar narrative of where she is now leaving the firm. One of the big things that they spend time talking about is what her life looks like now, how she feels afterwards, reflecting back on this royal trauma. And it's the second or third time we've heard that part of the story. And ultimately, more people are pointing out more contradictions where with Oprah she said she was silenced but now she's saying she really could say anything she wanted so there's a lot going on with but this article did happen now I am going to make this discussion brief because I have content down the line that will be discussing this but I couldn't not go today without at least uh, recognizing that this happened my one tweet that I put out still stands when is enough going to be enough? Now, that's a slightly ambiguous tweet, but it has two sides to it. Just like how every story has three sides to it. Their side, your side, and the truth. When is enough going to be for her? When are we going to let this royal trauma storyline die? Because we've heard it enough times already. We've. It seems as if... You know, their big whole ploy is they want to be their own people, distance themselves from the firm, but yet they always want to constantly talk about it and what they went through, which, again, not belittling that. But when is that going to be enough? When are we going to move on? It 
seems like we're entering this new era with Megan where it's this, you know, just a completely different era with her and happy that she's found something looks like you feel creatively fulfilled good for you you know what you do is your business but when are we going to officially move on from this when are we officially going to actually move to the next chapter because it seems like we keep rewriting the same same chapter over and over again but also the other side when is the royal family going to start talking about this you know, this sort of goes into a theme for today where there, there's still this old ideology of never explain, you know, don't, don't give him anything, just turn a blind eye, silence is always the best answer. When in this case, no, we've had more serious allegations where it's like the British media saying the N-word. We've had where Harry's saying he lost his father, that there's even more abuse that apparently happened. And all we're hearing is one side of this story. In my opinion, the royal family actually needs to start talking. They actually need to address these claims, talk about them, and go, again, there are three sides to every story. Their side, your side, and, and the truth. For two and a half years now, we've only heard their side. Now we need to start hearing this other side because it's just, it's not going to help any cause at all. But my one tweet still stands when is enough going to be enough it seems like we're moving on to this new era of, for her love that but you have to officially move on you talk about forgiveness and moving on let's start applying what it is that that we talk about but i have and more content about megan and harry coming down the line so keep your ears up keep your ears excited for what that is going to look like going forward but today we are continuing our series into honoring Diana, Princess of Wales, 25 years later, and also continuing our series of reviewing media as we prepare for the premiere of season five of The Crown. And this week, we have The Queen. The Queen from 2006 is a wonderful film that takes a different stance and a different viewpoint of this, basically this historic week back in 1997. This film in my opinion, accidentally helped the royal family. It accidentally helped them, even knowing that's never been Peter Morgan's goal with his particular media. It solidified that Dame Helen Mirren could stand in for the queen if need be. She did a lot of character work for it. And it's listed as one of the uh, top films that you need to watch before you die. So The Queen 2006, fantastic film. But of course, what did they get right? What did they change? Why did they change it? So buckle in as we review the Queen. But before we get into it, let me know what did you think of this film? Did you did it leave an impact on you like it left an impact on me? Let me know down below. I'd like to start the conversation there. So the Queen, what is this film about? In a nutshell, this film is about the this film is about the weak from the death of Diana, Princess of Wales, August 31st, 1997, through to her funeral seven days later, September 6th, 1997. It has a little bit before, a little bit after, but it's this week, but it's from the royal family's perspective. They're up in Balmoral, typical holiday, cool, great, wonderful. They get the news that she's hurt. They get the news that, she, that she's dead. And it's their struggles where tradition, continuity, what we've done, always done, 
she's a private citizen now. She's not an HRH anymore, so this should be a private family matter. The Spencer family agrees this should be a private family matter. And ultimately, the film discusses grief, waiting to the public pressure, the uh, relationship between monarch and public, politician in public, tradition, emotion. It deals with grieving. It deals with the idea of what do we do in this instance where we have a member, a former member of the royal family, the princess of Wales, mother of the future king, has died. And what do we do? And it's from the royal family's perspective because this was a really hellacious week. I have memories of this week and seeing just how even in America the handbrake was pulled and everything stopped. And this film is from the royal family's perspective because so much happened that week that we fully don't know. And so Peter Morgan did what he did best. It's just coloring in what could have possibly happened this week. And of course at the time in 2005 when they were filming and when this film was in production historians and courtesans close to the family had begun to talk so we had a little bit better idea but that's what this film mainly talks about the week between diana's death her funeral and what the family did how they handled it really the precarious position they were put in because they wanted to keep it private she's a private citizen now love that but the public needed more and it ultimately raises the question of the relevancy of the monarchy if they're not going to change and meet what the public needs then where where is where's their place this film is truly fantastic and truly stellar performances it was directed by Stephen Frears and of course was written by Peter Morgan he did the screenplay some notable performances of like the core cast that we spend a lot of time with we have her majesty the queen played by Dame Helen Mirren. We have Prince Philip is portrayed by James Cromwell. The Queen Mother is Sylvia Sims. We have Prince Charles by Alex Jennings. We've seen him multiple times. We'll see him more as we do royal media. He's sort of their go-to character actor for these period pieces. And Tony Blair is played by Martin Sheen. So what did the film get right? The film gets a lot of things right. And again, big pillar things and actually some smaller things too. Some really minute details. What did the what did the film get right? Well, Tony Blair becoming prime minister in May of 1997 and his wife, Sherry Blair, not really liking the queen and thinking protocol was all weird. Also, sidebar, um, Narcissa Malfoy plays sherry blair which i think is great i had completely forgotten about that until i was doing research for this so another <laughs> little harry potter there but you know sherry blair not particularly liking the queen or thinking protocol was stupid and so and then the queen finding out and you know having her emotional reactions to it then of course prince charles and diana being divorced at that point diana being on vacation Diana dating Dodi Al-Fayed at the, at the time. Diana being on vacation with him and making this last minute stop in Paris on their way back to the UK. William and Harry being up in Balmoral. The family being at Balmoral for their typical holiday season in August. Of course, Diana being hounded by the press. Them following her, her being very emotional and sort of very anxious about the press. Diana getting into a car crash in Paris under in the under underpass trying to get away from them diana getting hurt and then eventually passing away in paris hospital due to injuries from that car crash 
Prince Charles then being asked and going over there to claim the body and sort of see her and take her back to the UK. The whole public, of course, being in shock and doing very huge public mourning where essentially the whole world just stopped spinning for a whole week as uh, the public was mourning, how unprepared the royal family felt because this had never happened before. Something like this had never happened, so they didn't know what to do, what the protocol was. They didn't know how to fully handle this and the dichotomy of feeling where should we keep this private or should we go public? The huge public pressure for the queen to say something, them staying at Balmoral against the public wishes, but doing so to protect William and Harry, taking the TV out of the nursery, changing the sermon on Sunday, taking the boys shooting to keep them distracted, uh, people lining Kensington Palace, Balmoral Castle, Buckingham Palace, St. James's Palace, and putting flowers to the point where it was incredibly overwhelming, especially Kensington Palace. The Prime Minister putting pressure on her, you need to act, and her and her digging her heels in and going, no, this isn't a place for us to react. She's not a member of this family anymore. Ultimately deciding to have a public funeral for Princess Diana, borrowing the Queen Mother's funeral, because at this point, that was the one that was the most well rehearsed, having her funeral at Westminster Abbey, and how anxious the royal family was how they kind of really weren't keen on doing it because you know current feelings about her at the time ultimately them coming down from Balmoral to London at public pressure flying the flag at half mass at Buckingham Palace the queen addressing the public in a speech greeting the public outside there the queen bowing her head as Princess Diana's coffin was uh, wheeled past her in the procession Tony Blair calling Diana the People's Princess, of course, her eventual funeral, and, you know, those details surrounding that we now know as the public of this time, of her funeral, of huge public opinion. But what did the film change? So some of the feelings about Diana in the family. One of the things that the film really does is it, it correctly highlights that at this time the royal family was kind of done with her they were really kind of done with her at this point the you know the divorce was finalized she was off doing her own thing and they were kind of rolling their eyes not really just slightly annoyed and at this point the queen can really let her contempt go but ultimately prince philip was the one where opinions were changed slightly of course at this point who knows what his opinion was but he was a really big advocate for diana they actually had a pretty close relationship and in fact after her death when people were going through her records they found a series of letters that prince philip sent to her uh, you know during this whole tumultuous time of i don't know what charles sees in camilla you know i under they had actually a fairly close relationship because of course they're the two that married into the family they're the two that are the consorts they're not the ones that will be doing the hard the true true hard work so they had a very close relationship but some of the feelings about diana at the time of the family were altered of course for dramatic purposes and in order to have have the family have an arc of being completely against this idea not really wanting to do anything for her and then ultimately doing something for her that is done to show character arc to show change for the actual to get to get to keep these characters propelled forward the other thing that was really slightly changed is the queen would never be stranded alone in balmoral and having to call for help yes she still seems to this day she still drives around 
not so much right now. She's having mobility issues, which is anxiety in and of itself. But the queen, in that instance, would never just be stranded alone about moral, having to call for help. You know, do, that would have never happened. There's always security somewhere. You know, she, <laughs> any big political family, royal family, politician, there's always security close by. So the her being alone is something that would not happen. Why did that happen? For a dramatic effect. For her to have a moment alone. For her to have a moment of reflection and again to give her this arc to let her have a moment to sit in and be in this predicament where i've always done things this way but the public needs me to do this do i stick to my guns do i go to the public am i sad about diana dying you know it gives her this moment to sort of sit in this crossroads and to fully be alone you know being in that eye you really don't get much time alone and of course one thing that the film does that's is where Peter Morgan excels at are these private family moments, these discussions that happen behind closed doors, these things that aren't written down, that aren't documented, but we know probably happened. So discussions between you know the Queen and Prime Minister, those aren't written down. What did that sound like? Discussions between the family, what did that look like? Of course, at this point, we know what the end goal is, but how did we get there? So of course, certain conversations are heightened, dramatized, to propel these characters forward. Now, some fun facts about the film before we get into a larger discussion about it. The film, interestingly, the, the film begins and ends with a meeting just between the Queen and Prime Minister. That's something really interesting, sort of a little bit of continuity between there. A lot of real news footage was, was used in this film. Footage of Buckingham Palace, Kensington Palace, news footage of anchors talking about the death and all the news the panorama interview being rolled again those were all real footage and again that's interesting to you know that part of solidifying this in the real world they didn't try to have an actor retell it they used a real one so that's again in my mind always fairly fun and interesting this film has a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It has a 97% on the tomato meter and a 76% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Fun thing that I always enjoy is this part of filmmaking. Every shot where it's the royal family, it's shot really nice and even in 35 mil millimeter, everything's nice and balanced and smooth. But when you go to Tony Blair, it's you know, shaky steady cam. It's shot on... 16 millimeter film to make it look like it's on tv there's this dichotomy in how the filming is done to further highlight the different classes royalty versus you know the prime minister who's who's a commoner that type of visual storytelling that if you pick up on you pick up on it downton abbey is notorious for doing this and the show upstairs downstairs did this where and other period pieces do this, where when you're with the aristocrats, everything's even and balanced and smooth. When you're with commoners, you then everything's steady cam. It's a different type of resolution to highlight that difference and sort of shaky and unbalanced. 10 Downing Street was portrayed in the film as sort of being slightly run down, not well kept, and sort of dilapidated a bit, which is to highlight that at that time it did look like that. Sherry Blair made, um, made a comment about that. 
and she was apparently appalled by the state of it so that's what that was done to again highlight to, again, to try to keep it real to keep this film feeling as real as possible when interviewing people who are were close to the queen dame helen mirren found out that the queen actually has obsessive compulsive disorder so the queen and i have that in common and ultimately that really helped build her character and in the scene where she's talking with the prime minister and she's really anxious and she's fiddling and straightening things on her desk that actually was a character decision made by dame helen and she felt that the queen would do something like that and Stephen uh, Frears and Peter Morgan went, okay, cool, like, whatever. But ultimately, in reception of the film, people that know the Queen, that have seen her, have been close to her, said, yeah, that's actually sort of what she does. And Dame Helen did so much research into the Queen, how she carries herself, how she speaks. You know, they already have the same resting face, as she has said. So ultimately, by the end of the film people really felt that she was the queen. She had done that much research into her and she did such a fantastic job. And in fact, Dame Helen Mirren was actually praised by Queen Elizabeth II for her portrayal of her in this film. The queen has seen this film and she was even invited to a dinner at Buckingham Palace to celebrate this, but uh, Dame Helen couldn't attend the dinner due to current scheduling conflicts. But the queen... Her Majesty has seen this film and has, of course, praised Dame Helen for it. This list is among the uh, 1001 movies you should see before you die, a list um, edited by Steven Schneider. And this film won the Academy Award for Best Actress in a Leading Role. Dame Helen won an Academy Award for this film, but it was also nominated for Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, Best Directing, Best Costumes, and Best Original Score. So it was nominated for a lot of Oscars, but ultimately won for Dame Helen Mirren's portrayal of the Queen. Real exterior shots of Balmoral Castle were used, and as well as Buckingham Palace, so real exterior shots were used, but of course they couldn't film in those locations. So they Frankensteined Balmoral Castle and Buckingham Palace together with a combination of Halton House and Walton Manor in Buckinghamshire, Brockett Hall in Hertfordshire, Castle Fraser in Cunny and Clunny Castle in Aberdeenshire, and Blarkwen Castle and Colson Castle in South Ayrshire. So of course they Frankensteined these locations together in order to create Buckingham Palace and Balmoral Castle. It's interesting that they didn't use Lancaster House. Lancaster House had already been used at this time as sort of Buckingham Palace stand-in for a few period pieces, but they didn't use it. So that's kind of interesting that they didn't do it. Now, on a larger discussion, my opinion. I still stand this film accidentally helped the royal family because it got people fully understanding their argument, why they were so silent, why they were so just distant from people because one of the things that people forget about at this time is that you know two boys lost their mother and the queen in the film really highlighted that when the prime minister is insistent 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 come down to london you need to be with your people they need something from you it, you're running the the clock's running short you you may have missed your window and she goes, okay, I understand that, but you need to understand that I'm here because my two grandkids lost their mother. And my duty first is to my family to make sure these kids are okay. And that's one of the things that that scene really stood out to me. I remember going on YouTube and finding just that scene and watching it in its entirety quite a few times 
because it's such a powerful monologue where she goes, if you think I'm going to drop down, if you think I'm going to drop everything and go to London when my grandkids lost their mother, you're mistaken. But then it shows sort of this predicament that even the royal family is still in to this day. When things happen, we're not we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to acknowledge it. We're not going to do anything. And ultimately, as you can see, as the film highlights, sometimes that's not necessary. Sometimes you need to actually give the public something you need to talk about it you need to address it you need to give the public what they want because this film does a great job of highlighting the power of the relationship with the public where the prime minister is out there talking talking to, to the public grieving with the public and the public gets on his side and ultimately yes the royal family is able to win the public back but it was almost too little too late it was almost too little too late and I think this film does a wonderful job in highlighting sort of the predicament that the family was in. Diana was no longer an HRH. She was no longer a member of the firm anymore. She gave up her rights to be queen. She gave up, you know, a lot of things. And now she's just a member of the Spencer family. And ultimately the Spencer family decision. And the Spencer family at the time sort of decided, deciding, yeah, we want this to be private. And ultimately the idea of, hey divorced member of the family what do we do in this instance what do we do here this hasn't happened before and i really appreciate what peter morgan crafted together the scenes and the dialogue felt believable the you know predict and at the end when the queen has this sort of reflective moment where she goes when she's talking to tony blair their last meeting at the end of the film before they go out and discuss business as usual she goes you know where do I stand now? I'm from a generation where this is what was expected of me. How do we change? How do we change to meet the public's needs? How do we change to where I feel authentic to myself, but I still give the public what they want? And ultimately, it's a really poignant conversation where he you know, looks and where she looks at him and goes, "I've been doing this for years." You know, you have to sort of adapt a little bit, but how far is too far? How far, where is this line? And ultimately, I really, really respect and appreciate this uh, this film. I do find it. I the one portrayal that I have questions about is that of Prince Charles, where he's all of a sudden this huge advocate and digging his heels in. No, we need to give her the respect that she deserves. She, we need to do this for her. When ultimately it is known that during their divorce, he was the big push to have her HRH removed and keep the precedent that his bro- and keep the precedent that his brother set when he divorced Sarah Ferguson. And ultimately, you know, it's sort of this weird thing of did, is this is this believable? And you now Alex Alex Jennings does a great job. He's a fantastic actor. I would really love to just sit down and just pick his brain on all the various royals he's depicted and how he keeps his brain straight. But ultimately, that's the one portrayal that I have questions about. How rooted in reality is that one, where all of a sudden he completely changes his tune and goes, we need to give her this respect. But this film really, in my opinion, humbled the royal family. It highlighted character traits that they still have that is the big critique of the public. The public still hates this about them, where they get silent, they don't give you anything, they get dig in this really old old mindset of don't explain just be quiet 
the things will work itself out when ultimately as we've seen that's never worked and this film really highlights that no you you need to you need to act in some in some regards you need to sort of let your emotions dictate a little bit and let these let those thoughts go their course but this film is fantastic i it's tight it moves very quickly the shooting of it's beautiful the score is wonderful it's not overpowering the monologues and the character developments are fantastic this it at times this just felt like i was watching a really great documentary it was so good this is such a great film i stand by that this is one of the films you need to watch the 1001 films you need to watch it's Again, even knowing I know we're not in Balmoral, the way that they set up everything and staged it. Again, it, it, it this film felt like a really good documentary at times. But ultimately, of course, it is the beautiful work of Peter Morgan, which, of course, as we know, we love from The Crown. The Queen. Fantastic film. Wonderful depictions of, of the, the royals in a very, very, very precarious time where they could have lost it all. And ultimately film you should watch especially right now honoring the late diana princess of wales and how where she got her funeral and the respect that she deserved from the family ultimately if it was a little bit too little too late but fantastic film wonderful one to add to 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 your list i say watch it watch it multiple times i know i have i love this film they replicate so many wonderful things of history and have crafted a film that, in my opinion, is very close to what had happened. Based off the research I've done into this, this is probably very close to truly what happened. Of course, we will never know. It is a work of fiction, but I think they got pretty close to how it was. But let me know down below in the comment section, did you love this film just as much as I did? And as much as I do. I really love this film. I think it's a great thing to that I always watch around this time of year as a way to remind myself of this period in history. I distinctly remember this. This is part of history that I remember my mom completely being beside herself. My dad being there for her, watching the funeral over here in America, seeing everything here. It's This is a part of history I remember, so watching it stirs back all these emotions. But watch The Queen, watch all of it, stay tuned as we wrap up this mini-series next week and a future collaboration down the line, continuing our series with Royal Media and a few fun little project episodes. I have some fun comedy stuff coming down the line. So get excited, everybody. Hit that subscribe button, and I will see you in the next one.